You're listening to Songs Out Loud from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Aaron Dorr. This podcast documents the life of a song, everything from what inspired the original idea to how it came together in the studio. With the help from isolated instrument and vocal tracks called stems supplied by the artist, I record them reflecting back on their creative process with it and compile it all here in a documentary style show and tell. It's a behind the scenes tour of the song, instrument by instrument, lyric by lyric, beat by beat. Really what it's all about in the end is creating community, creating interaction and energy and sort of a sense of possibility. And that it all comes from just that noodling on your own. You know, back in those little things and little things add to little things. And then ultimately, it's this piece that, you know, you just want to give it away like a gift. So for this one, I'm really excited to introduce my first instrumental episode of Songs Out Loud. Hi, this is Dan Rubright, and I'm a jazz guitarist and composer. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my process uh, for composing, and I'm delighted to be here. Dan Rubright is a jazz guitarist and composer who plays and records with various St. Louis-based ensembles. His latest collaboration released an album called Dan Rubright Group and features nine original compositions with fellow musicians, bassist Chris Turnbaugh, pianist Nick Schleter, and drummer slash recording engineer Steve Davis, who wasn't able to get the stems for the recording, but Dan happily handed over a bunch of practice recordings he made on his phone when he was working out the parts during the writing process. So here he is talking about how this song took shape from the very beginning. And um, I was playing around and all of a sudden I kind of had this groove going and it felt like like a rhythm that I think I could build something on this particular groove. It's kind of like this engine, it's kind of like a train that's like idling on the tracks, right? But it hasn't gone anywhere yet. <laughs> it's kind of ching, 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 right? Chink, 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 chink. And then it's like, okay. That's really so important is to, when you get like the feel or something of a tune, you can just then your mind just starts to go, yeah, how about this? How about this? How about this? When I hear that, I'm like reminded of, oh yeah, when I first came up with that groove. It's like, like right now I started dancing to it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm hearing all these other things to it. Um, the tricky part is like, what comes next? You know, it's C minor. Um, the question is always what comes next when you're composing music? So then I would sit around and just start sort of humming or singing possible melodies for it. And I might try a few things. And, and by the way, I always use my phone, my, my phone, and I use like voice memos. So I, re I record every little scrap in there. I record tons of them, but I don't record them unless I get this like inner yes.
so like it starts out in C minor and then it quickly starts to morph. It goes to like this A flat seven and then a D sus and then boom. You switch gears, it goes to C sharp minor, right? And so now I'm just going up a half step and it just takes the whole energy up. All of a sudden you're like starting to move down that track if you're a train and it's like, okay, we're getting the steam going. That's really good. And then boom, we go up to D minor and then we hit a couple um, sort of strange chords and then we move into like the next section but all, all that time the melody's moving up and the tonal center is moving up it feels like you're actually going you're like ascending This one's got, it's very syncopated, so it's very dancey. It's almost got a Brazilian sound. When he talks about syncopation, he's talking about the concept of things that have their own separate motion, like their musical bounce, lining up together in a complicated pattern. Basically, it's like you have a bunch of micro rhythms playing off of each other. like a 16th note subdivisions going on that's underneath everything so technically it's going by slowly like one two three four but you you feel it going by quicker almost like it could be double time And so that's kind of the vibe I wanted. I love Brazilian music. I love sort of Latin um, sounds and flavors. And I definitely think that's this part of this in here. It's sort of a samba, samba vibe floating underneath it. You know what composition, uh, I think I was hearing in the back of my head, uh, you know, the, the Pat Metheny with Pedro Aznar back in the, I don't know, this was back in the 90s, and he was making those albums where he had this singer, Pedro was singing these high melodies, and then there'd be all these chords moving around. And there's this, this fantastic tune, one of my favorites, called First Circle. The song First Circle actually won the Pat Metheny Group a Grammy for Best Jazz Fusion Performance in 1985. I can't remember how many times I've, I've listened to that growing up, and so I was probably channeling some of that as this tune started to progress, because I remember how enchanting some of that, uh, that early Pat music was. So, you know, you know how it is when, when you write, your heroes sort of seep in, <laughs> right? And, that's, and their heroes were seeping in. So it's like everybody's hero seeps in for like everybody. 
One of the files Dan supplied me with for this episode was an idea developed early on that ended up getting scrapped as the song started to take shape. Let's listen. Yeah, I really like that. I, listening back to that now, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, I forgot. I got to do something with that piece of music. Yeah, it's got a hook. I, I'm really a fan of like hooks. You know, I try to like write hook to hook to hook so that everything's got its own hook, whether it's just the chords or the feel or the melody. I'm just really into that. So I, I love it when I listen to songs, other people's songs, and it just grabs you, right? You're like, okay, you know, you're my, you know, I am in your hands right now. I love that feel. So this, that thing there really works. And um, I tried it, tried it inside the tune, like towards the end, like, like maybe even keeping that melody and then having somebody else improvise over it. And um, I thought that could work, but for some reason I couldn't quite get it to the point where I thought, yeah, that's right for this tune. A little too, um, I'm going to say like a pop, more of a pop music type of vibe. And almost, I want to say it, but contrived in terms of how I would envision that. Like I could see that more like with like a, a real specific groove. Like I'd almost hear like a, either a techno groove or, or some sort of world music thing that was kind of bigger and even bolder, like almost over the top. Yeah, like like what's that big um, electric album that Pat Metheny did, like 2010 right. or something, yeah. Exactly. You know, it'd be awesome in that in that kind of a kind of a vein. That's the song I was thinking of. It's called Roots of Coincidence and it was actually recorded in 1997. So, yeah, in the end, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hold back on that because that could be another whole tune. You know, sometimes you have to say no to something that's really cool, but because it's just not right in the particular context you're in. So, yeah, that's, that's, I'm glad we uh, are looking back on this tune because I'm like, that's really good. I, I need to work on that soon. I, um, I don't think usually in terms of verse, you know, chorus, verse sort of thing. I think that more traditional song form really comes out of um, like American popular music, like songs for shows, which, you know, the early jazz composers really borrowed from that, that format a lot. Uh, and as jazz progressed, it really has moved away from those traditional forms. Um, and so... I don't really think in terms of of that strict formulaic piece. Like, I don't really care what the form is as long as it feels right to me. So I'm sort of creating my own form as I go. Me, personally, I love the composition part. I love tunes. I love the chords. I love the way they work together. My mom had an acoustic nylon string guitar, which I discovered when I was in uh, middle school. And I grabbed that guitar. I had been taking some lessons. I wanted to be in my brother's rock band, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I discovered like the guitar could be almost anything you wanted it to be. You could create all these different colors. And I didn't know what I was doing, really. 
And um, and I would just kind of, I might name him like Moody B minor sus something, you know, I'd give him a name like Spooky A, <laughs> something like that. Um, but what's funny is that I fell in love with that process. It became like my pastime. It was kind of my rabbit hole that I went down into where I could be just all me and sort of shut the world out. For me, I want to hear a beautiful melody. I want to hear a beautiful melody that's arranged with really good players bringing it to life. And then I want the solos to feel really good too. Like I want really good crunchy chords to improvise um, over. And I want it to feel like it's part of the song and not just like, oh yeah, let's put a blues here. And it's got to be fun too. Like I want changes where it's gonna—they're gonna make me play a certain way and challenge me, and also move forward so that like, you know, the changes are helping me. Like, yeah, okay, I got to get big here at the end because those those chords are really implying a gesture that's pretty large. So when he talks about changes, he's talking about the chord changes or chord progression that make up a particular section's harmonic structure. In this way, you can think of a chord progression as the audience of a melody. He's saying he wants a rowdy audience for his melodies and for his improv. Which led to a discussion of collaboration. And then I'll print out a copy for Nick, the keyboard player, and say, this is what I got, but I want you to make it sound real. So, you know, give me suggestions for something that you would like to add or or not play or maybe a different register. But I know in my in my head I've already got it so that it, it sounds good. I know it works. But if he's got different things that he wants to add to it, I'm like, please just do it. You know, you've got freedom to make it music. And that, that goes with the bass player uh, and the drummer too. You know, they might say, you know, you got this, but... What if I did this? I'm like, absolutely, just play it. Um, we did this at uh, my friend Steve Davis's loft studio. And he's really, he's, he's an amazing engineer. And the way Steve likes to work is he likes to work really fast. You know, like like his conception of recording a jazz record is just turn it on and let's do one or two takes. And I'm used to like slaving over something so you get it just right, you know. Um, so it was really a challenge for me to sort of get over that and think, you know what, we're just going to have to lay this thing down. So, you know, we had the, the players who were on this, uh, Chris Turnbaugh on bass and Nick Schleter on keyboards, were all great players. So, you know, you really have to have people with chops that, that sort of can get in there and just let it run and play. Yeah, and there's, there's kind of weird stuff going on there. Um, when we get to that, I call that the coda section. It's like three, four for a couple measures. Then it goes into four for like two measures. Then it goes into seven, eight.
that point, you're really kind of like, what is this? You know, you don't even know where one is, So, you, but you're really bouncing along. That's while there's this top melody sort of singing these parts. Um, and then it goes back into like this 3-4 thing, and then there's 4-4. Four, four. And then, then three, four again, and then, and then it last four measures go back to four, four. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of different time variations in there, which don't really sound like it when you hear it. Um, but that's the way, and I think that's why it sounds like everybody's playing together, because they sort of know where, like, you know, when to emphasize those different time changes. Plus, everybody's playing those hits, dun, 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 you know, there's, there's a lot of that going on. And I think that when you're playing unison, like when those hits, that gives it like an extra power. And so this whole section is kind of like, hey, we're all in this thing together. We're all trying to get this train to maximum power. And I'm going to switch metaphors because, like, it's not a train, but you're know, like, want to take flight, all right, um, at the end. And so that then I realized, oh, you know what this tune is? This is all, the whole thing has been like this big setting up to depart. So that's where the, the idea for prepare for departure came in. Maybe the end, something like... Yeah, that was just kind of a rough first crack at it. You can tell that was, I'm sure after I did that, I'm like, no, that sucks. <laughs> I was on the right track. I, I knew it wanted to sing kind of loud up there, and I wanted these chords moving around. Obviously, it needed to be longer, and I didn't quite know where it was going to go yet. But I could feel what was in there. I, I knew I could, I could hear what I was trying to do. <laughs> And now let's hear the entire finished composition. This is Prepare for Departure by Dan Rubright.
The artists you hear on Songs Out Loud agree. Your digital music and merchandise purchases from their websites or places like Bandcamp are among the most direct ways you can support them. Thank you, Dan Rubright, for being especially responsive schedule-wise and for your thoughtful emails reflecting on the composition of this song in advance of our recording. And those voice memos of your noodles were great. Songs Out Loud is produced, engineered, and mixed by me, Aaron Dorr. But I got the idea to do this from my favorite music podcast, Song Exploder. That's over at Radiotopia and PRX, hosted by Rishikesh Hirway. And you should definitely be subscribed there, too. Till next time. Now I'll just sort of noodle around, noodling around with chords. I just noodle like I improvise. I could have noodled around with that forever. Just that noodling. Noodle around. Thank you.